0: In old school games, life is cheap. Don't be a dope. Bring your bull hole and roll. And try not to go no. down in a
1: heap. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Down in a Heap Podcast. It's been a minute. But I'm still your host, Rob, podcasting to you live from my porch in beautiful Northeast Minneapolis. The top of the show there, you heard the Florida hoedown. Taylor from the Clericswear Ringmail Media Empire doing his bluegrass version of my theme song. Thanks for sending that in, Taylor. Um, yeah, yesterday was uh, whew, it was summertime, well, big time, ninety-two, tropically humid. Today a turn, a little crispness in the air. It's in the 50s, really low humidity, and I think uh, I think we've left the 90s and probably the 80s behind us here in Minneapolis for the rest of the year, well, and until probably next May. <laughs> so uh, this is turning into my favorite time of the year. I'm out here with my cats, Herm and Lily, hanging out, and I've got a bunch of calls that have uh, piled up here, pretty much all pertaining to crits, and they're all kind of coming in in a variety of ways now because the uh, message tab in Anchor has uh, has kind of left most people, if you've updated Anchor, you've lost that capability, so people are sending me messages through the Anchor uh, I don't know, they're computer app or whatever it is (laughs) doing well whatever doing it the hard way through anchor or sending me files uh, on discord sound files on discord and there's still a few people like me that haven't updated their anchor anchor apps and uh, are still able to send messages the old way through the discover tab but um, we'll get to those but before we do mention the the weather Seasons turning here. It's also well. It's going to be the first day of fall tomorrow, and it's shortly going to be October. And we've talked about doing that uh, OSR October thing, and I'm still planning on doing that. My my hope not not committing to this, but I'm I'm going to make my best effort to record a podcast daily, and then have probably uh, the Saturday. Podcast or Sunday, however, it works out in the in the schedule. One one day will be kind of like a call in bonanza or addressing any calls that that come in for that week, uh, pertaining to the episodes of that week. Uh, but I don't know who it's a, it's a tall order. Not sure if I'll be up to it, and I'm actually a little bit concerned about having enough topics to talk about. I'm not really intending to have shows that go more than a half hour and hopefully are more in the 15 minute range or something being it's a daily but if you have any kind of osr topic that you'd like me to yammer on about or some kind of product that you'd like to hear my thoughts on or if you'd like to join me for an episode and do a tandem or round table podcast about it uh let me know and we'll try and work it out. I still haven't really figured out how to do, um, to capture sound recordings like with Zoom or Teams or something. But I was gonna kind of experiment with uh, with Keith or with Mary or something to try and figure out how to do that. And if I do figure it out, it should be that difficult. I don't think that's certainly an option too of having some some tandem casts. So yeah, send me. Anything that, any ideas you have or um, if you'd like to join me for a topic or yeah, just send me ideas if you have them. If not, I'll come up with my own and it'll probably be a worse show for it, <laughs> but let's move on to the call-in crit bonanza.
0: Welcome to the penthouse, Bendar. Hey
2: Rob, just listening to your latest call-in bonanza. I'm all in for April Fool's Cyborg Commando. Bring it on. I'll add it to the calendar. As far as World War II games, I do want to mention an option because you like BX. I still think Top Secret's the way to go. I I do for all the things we've talked about. But, and especially since you have other people in your group that played it, I think it's well worth doing. But if you want to stick with BX, there's a game called The Front, uh, F-R-O-N-T by Mark Hunt, and he's he's the one that did the BX Gangbusters, and he's done The Front, which is a World War II game. There are some supplements out there, including a department of creature supplement to let you do creature commandos. You remember those DC comics, creature commandos, where you had, like, a vampire and Frankenstein and the GI robot and a werewolf? Um, anyway, but they have a creature commandos supplement for it that Mark's done and some other things so and he actually has a a western version in here too (coughs) excuse me um so that that's there too so mark hunts put out a number of different bx genre books so definitely worth looking at so speaking of westerns you talked about um see this is the problem with recordings is we're just going to draw on and on and on because we don't have that one minute but speak in Rollmaster, you talk about the simplicity of pirates, and, and I agree. And, and actually, Master, the pirate book for Rollmaster, I Have It, is a really good supplement. But another interesting supplement is called Outlaw, and that is the Old West supplement, which effectively really is Hero, fourth edition of Hero Systems, uh, Western Hero, rewritten for Rollmaster. It's basically the same book, but with the stats changed. But Outlaw lets you do the Old West with Rollmaster, and as you can imagine, you don't have armor you have pretty li- limited weapon types so the old west is another good one for all master uh, i just want to throw that out there the last thing i'll mention before i go and listen to daniel's calls and your responses is colin talked about you know wanting to do a resistance kind of game where the nazis invade the uk i've got an old book that i picked up there's a there's a place where i grew up the book barn where that is barn converted to this, you know, all these different rooms and nooks and crannies of these old used books. I've got this old book called Guerrilla Warfare, and it was written during World War II and distributed in England, or it was written for the British, like how to fight the Nazis if they invaded. And I don't know if it or it was, no, I take that back. It, it was distributed, I think, here in the U. Anyway, it's about what if the Nazis invade. And I want to say it was for England, because I don't think there was ever really good chance of them invade the US, right? But anyway, I've, I've got this book and, and it's, it's crazy. It goes into all the different commando and guerrilla things and setting up bombs and doing all this thing. And one of the things in there is doing it like slit trenches and it like for vehicle ambushes on the roads. And it talks about doing it in the shape of a swastika because, you, you know, one, because you can kind of avoid grenades if it gets tossed in one end you can run into the arm or whatever to avoid the grenade but it also talks about that way enemy aircraft in the air would think it's one of their earthworks so it's kind of crazy but i'll have to dig that book out it's somewhere i've got it somewhere in one of my boxes but it, it has like falling apart now because it's a, you know from like 19 1943 but uh, i haven't looked at it really since high school when i picked it up at the book part but yeah kind of crazy stuff um, real concerns back then. And, and now that I think about it, it was sold here in the U S but it was based on lectures and, and ideas from England. I'm pretty positive. i am have to find that book. I'll, I'll have to find it and do a, do a review of it on my show at some point. Okay. Let me get back to your show.
1: Hey, Jason. Thanks for the call. We'll hear from Jason again later on the show. Uh, I, I did a little searching around on drive through RPG and found the Mark hunt. That's conventional spelling of Mark. And, uh, H-U-N-T, it's all under his his name, his publisher name or whatever, and uh, yeah, he's got, uh, as you mentioned, BX Gangbusters, and he's got a BX version of a Wild West game called Tall Tales, and then the front, um, looking at the reviews of that, it kind of sounds like that's more like the Black Hack, so I don't know, I, I mean, I'd give it a shot maybe, but uh, and I'm, really, I haven't played the Black Hack just read it and stuff, and uh, I'm just not real enamored with the whole roll under as the end all kind of core mechanic for a game. I think it places way too much emphasis on, on attributes as we've talked about before. And yeah, it would be worth looking into uh, like a Wild West Rollmaster game too. That sounds pretty fun. I think a Wild West game would be a lot of fun. I'm just not sure if the guys I play with would be into it. Only one way to find out. I'd have to ask them. And uh, yeah, that book that you have uh, about a resistance in the UK fighting back that that would um, <laughs> that would be an interesting read. I wonder how much of it is uh, kind of a fairy tale <laughs> uh, armchair tactician's point of view, and how much of it is actually practical. But uh, yeah, that could be a pretty interesting peruse. So, yeah, if you ever talk about it on your show, let me know. Well, I listen to all your episodes anyway, so I'd catch it. But uh, now we're moving on to Mania, also known as Rob from Confessions of a Weed, Timorous Bushy.
3: Hey Rob, this is the other Rob, also known as Menion. I'm just calling in to see if this technology um, can be used by people as simple as myself. So. I was listening to the crits. I won't go into all the details. We've already gone through this for a few, a uh, few episodes, I think. So uh, don't feel like you're obliged to play this by any means. And I don't want to, to naysay the sayers, if that's a say, if that's a saying. But I will. Um, I like BX and OD and D as is, and I think as soon as we start adding in the crits, there's a need for inflation. So, if you inflate the damage, you're going to have to inflate the hit points. Um, If you're not, so there's two ways of doing this. Say everybody's able to do crits, whether they're a demigod or a gnat, whether they're a PC or an NPC monster, you name it. Well, the average sword does eight damage. If you're doing crits and doing eight damage, that's a second-level fighter with average hit points dead in one blow, um, or even a even an average blow on a sword will will half kill a, a fighter, probably kill a fighter anyway, right? But still, they've got that chance. They've got a bit of a chance to survive. You're doing maximum damage on a in five percent of the time. Uh, how many times do you roll attacks with monsters in the game? That that's a couple of players going down straight there just because of an arbitrary rule about crits because they're fun. Well, as um, Colin rightly points out, you don't have to apply these to the players. But again, you're inflating the game, so you're bringing in extra monsters to keep the, 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 the fun going, right? So whereas before it was enough to have three or four orcs, if you're pushing up the player's hit points and you're giving them special ways of attacking monsters, you're also having to increase the um, challenges against the players. Now, you don't have to, but if they're just wading through stuff, you're going to add a few extra creatures in here because you know you can they can handle it, right? And again, so you are getting this kind of inflation. So whenever you're inflating the damage, as soon as you inflate the damage, you've got to inflate... The hit points as soon as you inflate the hit points you're inflating you have to inflate the damage if you do one but not the other with regards to players right so if you give the players a certain kind of heroic um aura of protection where they don't suffer crits then suddenly you know you're inflating the number of monsters or you're increasing the challenges now that's well and good but I would say it's not really necessary in the first place that you can have a game without, you know, just increasing the hit points to a D10 instead of a D8 for a fighter, you know, or gradually pushing up from it um, through the hit dice, um, breaking, you know, breaking the, uh, the nine hit dice limit or something and just going up to 20 hit dice or something. You know, you don't need 300 damage, damage output You don't need 200 hit points or 160 hit points to have a satisfying game of D&D. If if people like big numbers, that's great, but it's not necessary. And I do feel, I'm not pointing, obviously, I'm not saying you're playing the game wrong, but I do feel that there is this urge to push things up, to increase the numbers, to increase the, the tension, but it's all... To me, it's a little bit like carrots on sticks and it's not really changing the fundamentals of the game uh, uh, in a way that's satisfying. It's just, you know, because you you want to see your table cheer when there's a 20 year old. tape was going to cheer when the enemy goes down regardless of you roll a 20 or not um, so I, I, I just I don't really see it I don't really see it. I do understand it and I think if it works for other people fantastic but I, I don't really need that for BX or original d and um, I would go to another game for that or um, yeah yeah that, that sounds kind of um, a little bit traditionalist perhaps or yeah or, um, old-fashioned but you know th- th- i've got other versions of dnd that i can try out if i want to do the the pathfinder type thing uh, so that's all well and good but with bx yeah just keep it simple that's that's at least uh, how i like to use the game anyway uh your D will vary so anyway hopefully this plays and uh, i look forward to hearing uh, from everybody soon all right bye bye Hey, thanks for the call, Minion Rob. I appreciate it.
1: I was good to hear from you, and it sounded fine. the The way you were, the method used to send a message. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things about crits. Is this, yeah, if you introduce them to the game, and you apply them on both sides, there's going to be, I think, a higher mortality rate, especially with. With lower level PCs, uh, even if you're just doing like maximum hit points or on a, on a critical hit or double damage on a critical hit. Um, so you either do as like Colin suggested, maybe just only have it apply to uh, the player characters, so only player characters can score critical hits. Or as you say, you'd have to, if you want to prevent as many uh, one shotting or, uh, you know, Decrease the mortality rate that you've increased by introducing critical hits. Then you have to, yeah, uh, start ballooning up hit points, and uh, it does start becoming kind of a an arms race almost with uh, with game systems that want to make the characters more heroic, and then sometimes uh, they get the balance gets tipped a little bit, so they're veering far too much into the superhero category even as a low-level character, so then they boost up the monsters, and you get this teeter-tottering, and then you're, you know, <laughs> then you're at what 5e is, where it's kind of, yeah, this, um, this kind of bloated arms race. And I even feel that way, as I've, I've talked about a little bit about leveling up, too, is I don't really think the the game effect changes that much if you are trying to balance things out by having tougher opponents and and more difficult challenges for high-level characters you're just kind of creating the same dynamic um, so I think you either just keep having the same uh, the same likelihood of opponents so they're there's going to be giant rats that fifth level characters run into, uh, as well as uh, giants and dragons and stuff. Um, just because the character level changes doesn't mean you necessarily have to change the threat level. Um, and if you do have it uh, go hand in hand, then I think you're just, um, yeah, just creating a, a dynamic with different monsters and maybe different spells involved and stuff, but it's the net effect is kind of the same, except it probably drags on longer. <laughs> so I don't know what really is gained there. It it calls to mind Jason from Nerd's RPG Variety Cast is a big fan of uh, Runehammer, uh, Hanker and and I don't know how many other <laughs> pseudonyms he has. Uh, but Rune Runehammer, and he uh, became rather infatuated with. OSC, um, which, I, I mean, I only watched a couple of his videos on it, and I was always amused because it seemed like this was some kind of a epiphany to him, how it was so much better than the old games, and <laughs> it's it's the same thing, just a, a different presentation, which maybe that made it click for him in his head, that's cool, uh, but Jason sent me a link to some tinkering that hankering's doing with BX, and um, it, it seemed like he was trying to fix a problem that wasn't there. Um, as he, uh, And this is all, hey, it's all like like Rob says at the end there, your D&D will vary, and if it, if it makes it a funner game for him, that, that's cool. But he had revamped things and made it basically the black hack, so it was roll under attributes to for hits and stuff, and then he talked about wanting to have this enormous green dragon in his game, but he didn't want this hit point bag of, you know, a green dragon with 500 hit points, and uh, so he was replacing the whole hit point system with a concept of hits, which sounds a lot like hearts in ICRPG. So I was thinking, I was kind of scratching my head, thinking, "Well, why doesn't he just play ICR RPG <laughs> instead of trying to transform BX into it? Because there's no 500 hit point dragons in BX. If you just play it, <laughs> play it as is, uh, it's gonna work fine. You can have a, a super powerful green dragon with just like 60 hit points, because all the player characters aren't gonna have that many hit points. It's just It's a low power level, low hit point curve. So if he was coming at it from playing 5e or Pathfinder or some of these games where there are 500 hit point dragons, well, that's not BX. So anyway, back to critical hits. Yes, I agree. You introduce them to the game. If you don't do anything to the uh, hit point scale, you're basically ramping up the, the mortality rate, which, from what I can see, that's what it's meant to do. Which is why I find it curious that players like it. Um, <laughs> or you either don't have them apply to player characters, or just accept the fact that it's a higher mortality rate, and the adrenaline rush is worth it for some people. That's cool. Now we're going to shift gears. Well, wait a minute. No, I think there's a few more calls from Jason Hobbs from uh, Hobbs and Friends and Random Screed fame and Kalamata and all his other uh, projects and actual plays and Twitch channels and all that fun stuff. So let's hear from Hobbs.
0: The fun never stops, does it? Hey, buddy, it's Hobbs. This call is so late, I'm still able to call in from the regular Discoveries tab. I'm just not updating my Anchor app. <laughs> you think that works? Is that all you really have to do? As far as critical hits go, I would like to point toward a particular system that I love. Low Fantasy Gaming. Yes, I know that the power level creep is a little higher than a BX or R you know, standard system but a natural 20 is max damage simple you already know what it is done it's always going to be okay not super awesome or anything like that one is a counter strike opponent automatically gets an attack on you cool right i think so but the real beauty of low fantasy gaming are the exploits. So, the mighty deeds of Dungeon Crawl Classics, a system which you mentioned in your crit uh, podcast episode, this is a way in order for characters to say they're attempting cool stuff. Now, in order for it to succeed, you have to hit and do damage. So, that means it's more likely for um, better fighters to be successful because as they go up, their basic to hit, it goes up. The same for any class, honestly. And you could use it for magic if you wanted to, or substitute the system into social interaction by using uh, the simple skill system. I don't think it would be hard to port this into uh, another fantasy game, or in my case, into a weird West game. So, high on the West, low on the weird. Anyway, tell me what you think. Later.
1: Hey, thanks for the calls, Hobbs. I appreciate it, and it does seem like all <laughs> all you have to do is not update the Anchor app, and you can still use that message function. Who knows when that will eventually, when we'll get bumped out and forced to update, and then we'll lose it, but until then, yeah, I'm not going to update the app. I need to look into that Low Fantasy Gaming. I've heard you talk about it before. I feel like there's someone else that did like a review of it that i listened to it was maybe it was joe from hindsightless um but that's yeah that sounds like a a pretty cool system and crit system and those exploits uh sound like it would be um a way to kind of yeah add things that might end up on someone's random critical hit chart or something but instead would allow the the characters to attempt doing that um uh, even maybe outside of a critical hit situation, like you suggest, like, a DCC, Mighty Deeds kind of aspect. It's funny, when I did play DCC, it seemed like um, I was playing a cleric, and I think I've played a cleric in maybe all the games outside of funnels that I've played for DCC. So I've never played a fighter in that. Um, But it seemed like the... Uh, and this isn't, um, a knock against the system because it's, it's all about the, the people playing the game and how they were doing it. But it seemed like the, the fighter characters always forgot to do like a mighty deed. And maybe it's because we were so used to playing D&D that it was always like, Oh, oops, I forgot that. Or it was just some kind of became kind of like a one trip, trick pony kind of thing. I'm, I'm always going to try to trip them or something. Um, so I guess that's just more of a... You need to um, have some imagination or maybe have some kind of chart in front of you with a bunch of like ideas for what you can do with Mighty Deeds to be an inspiration kind of reference. But uh, thanks for the calls and suggestions. I'll look into Low Fantasy Gaming for some some ideas and stuff um and now we're going to shift gears and have there's a, a number of calls i think reacting to my idea of having crits only really triggered by magic weapons so first up i believe is the aforementioned joe richter from hindsightless the old Bill rat
0: Yo, Rob, I'm just calling to let you know that I really, really liked your idea for making the magic weapons be responsible for getting crits. I think that's that's kind of a stroke of genius, man. I know I used that term with you before, but seriously, I, I love it. Because I feel like it'll add a little bit extra oomph and fun to your game. Without it bugging you too much or anything. And plus it makes those magic weapons just cooler. Because like what you said. Yeah it's just a plus one in attack or damage. But now they can also do this. If you get the right roll. I think that's really awesome. And I just want to let you know. So good stuff man. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Peace out. Hey
2: Columbo. I like your idea. And I really like the idea of magic weapons being unique. So it depends on the world you live in. If you live in standard d20 high fantasy world where your magic shops on the corner this idea is less appealing right but if you're living in sword and sorcery land or you're living in low fantasy land where mad each magic weapon has a name and it's a rare rare item and you know you, you don't come across very many at all then having them have unique things like maybe instead of just doing extra die damage for each plus you you know when it hits it does freeze damage, and you have to figure out what that is, right? Or you know, when it hits, it sets the target's clothes on fire, or whatever. So there, there's each of those magic weapon being unique would be a cool thing you could do. By the way, I'm sending this using the Anchor web browser on the laptop at home on Wi-Fi. It still took like thirty seconds to send the message when I sent a message doing this way to somebody yesterday, out and about you know, using data, using cell data, it took like three minutes for the message to send. So the web browser, it kind of is crap. Um, hopefully you'll come in the 21st century, Rob. I expect a TikTok account I can send videos to for you to play in your podcast. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, the web browser is kind of a bad option. Um, maybe that email, re- rejuvenating your email might be a good good way. But I'll send you things on Discord from now on. Um, just want to let you know. Anyhow, keep up the great work and talk to you soon.
4: Hey, Rob. Kevin here from the Red Caps Podcast. Uh, like your most recent episode there with the uh, magical swords and the crits, I think that would be a really cool idea. And I think people need to utilize magical weapons more. Um, I think the reason that they don't is that there's nothing making those magical weapons go away. <laughs> like we go back to our whole equipment deg- degradation aggregation. Uh, point but um yeah i think if, if if i told everybody that there's no crits in the game period uh, they're all gone and then the first time they got a magical weapon and they happen to roll a crit and i let them know about it i think that would be a huge surprise and everybody be really enthralled um i think the uh you can do things too like with the plus one it actually reduces the number that you have to roll to get a crit so maybe a plus one crits on a 19 and a 20 uh, there's all kinds of things you can play with my favorite, most recent discovery for a magic weapon somebody put up was when it gets pulled from its from its scabbard and it goes through the air, it makes an amazing whoosh noise and forces a morale check.
1: And there we heard not only from Joe from Hindsightless, but from Jason from NerdsRPG VarietyCast and Kevin from the Red Caps Podcast. Thanks for the calls, guys. Glad you liked the idea I had for incorporating or making crits tying them to, uh, to magical weapons, I think it does just make, or would, I haven't done it yet just make magic weapons feel more magical because they are kind of an exception to the rule, or break the rules, or open up unlock some other set of circumstances so they, be, they feel far less mundane that way, and I, I'm all for making magic weapons, or at least a percentage of magic weapons feel like there's something more special than just plus one to hit or um, well I mean they're already ra- rather special and that there are there are creatures that can only be hit by them uh, so but if you don't use many of those creatures in your games then then they do start becoming almost not really an afterthought but they just kind of feel like uh, Oh yeah, I get plus one to damage with this with this spear, um, so yeah. And the idea of incorporating other game mechanics into a magical weapon's abilities, like like you suggested, uh, Kevin, with the, the morale check from the sword that goes whoosh. <laughs> that's that's cool too. Uh, there are some charts in uh, the uh, Mitterzines that uh, Glenn Seals come up with for making giving various magic items uh, a twist. And I know there's all kinds of charts like that around uh, on the web and probably in supplements and whatnot. And I think those are really cool and uh, yeah, use them in my games along with my own creations, of course. But playing by the book's fine. But throwing some curveballs makes the game more interesting. Now, Rich Fraser from Cockatrice Nuggets is called in with some thoughts about Rollmaster and well just charts in games in general. Take it away, Rich. Can it
2: help fight the sorcerers? Hey Rob, this is Rich. <laughs> So, yeah, um, Rollmaster always kind of seemed, it was always called, called Chartmaster when someone else talked about it. So, I never really got into it. Just the idea of charts. I mean, when we started using Thaco at the end of first edition and second edition, it was mind blowing because we didn't have that chart to look up. We didn't have to use a matrix every single time we um, tried to hit something. So, I, I don't, um, I've never liked the charts. I've never gotten into it. And in fact, it's one of those things that keeps me away from Troika. Um, Interestingly enough, I was thinking about picking up Fantasy Trip recently, and I think Troika is based on Fantasy Trip. So, Ah, charts—I I just don't like the idea of it. I like roll the dice, look at a number, use that number. Hey, Rich, thanks for the call. I appreciate it.
1: And yeah, charts in games I think can can work, but if there are a lot of charts in games, in my experience, they do slow the the game down considerably. So all the spell charts and crit and fumble charts and DCC, I've found, slows the game down to uh, a crawl. But uh, when we played, I mean, there was only one, maybe two books floating around the table. If you printed out the spell charts for each of the caster characters um, and had crit and fumble charts handy and stuff, I'm sure it would be better, or maybe if you use like Purple Sorcerer or something, I don't know. I'm sure with extended play and player aids, you can pick it up, pick up the pace, I mean, Uh, and Rollmaster definitely falls into that category of potentially slowing the game to a crawl, especially as those charts are in a microscopic font, and (laughs) now that I'm older, I think it would be much more difficult for me to squint and read those things. Um, uh, the Troika game, as far as I know, I'm almost certain of this, is based on advanced fighting fantasy. So, I don't think there are nearly any charts, so I think you can check that out and potentially enjoy it. i do some digging, but I think that's true, that it's, that it's, uh, like the advanced fighting fantasy system. But, uh, Thanks for the call. And uh, now that old scallywag, Jason, Captain
2: Connerly, is back on the line. our matey. Thank you again for coming on my Pirate Contest Award show that released on International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Also on International Talk Like a Pirate Day, they released the beta PDF of Pirateborg based on Borg for backers. And I did back Pirateborg. And I think the critical system in there is interesting. I think the whole game's interesting, depending how much it is when they release it, because of the crit, uh random tables, I think it's worth buying for pretty much anybody. Uh, I You'll hear my review of that on Thursday as I leave this. But I want to mention that the crit system in there is really interesting. So in the crit system, if you roll Natural 20, you do double damage and you degrade their armor by level. Now, in Pirate Borg, armor reduces the amount of damage done. But I think this would work in a standard OSR armor AC system where armor makes you harder to hit. So what I'm recommending as an option for you, because you're looking for different critical systems, is on a natural 20, the player has two options. They can either do max damage plus roll the weapons damage, or they can degrade the armor class of the target. So say the enemy's wearing plate mail, and they hit it and they choose to degrade it, now that plate mail would act like chain mail. Now you would still get all the encumbrance and the negatives of chain mail, I mean plate mail, but it would only defend as chain mail. And and I really like that option. And you could use that with creatures with natural AC too, because you've, you you know, done them, you've injured their legs, so now they're not moving as fast, or you've knocked a scale off their belly. So now they have a weak point, right? So I think it would work in a standard OSR system as well. So I submit that to you as an option for critical hits.
1: As Jason alludes to or specifies there, yeah, I joined him on Monday uh, for International Talk Like a Pirate Day. And we uh, recorded a podcast together for his pirate contest. So if you want to hear about a bunch of pirate properties and <laughs> and pirate talk Go check out his Nerds RPG variety cast. It was show number one or number four hundred. That's crazy. Congrats, Jason, on reaching four hundred. That's, <laughs> I think Colin Green over at Spike Pit is uh, four hundred episodes too. Um, that's, I'm I don't know. I'm sitting in like the mid two hundreds. I think. Um, so they are definitely more prolific than I am, and uh, it's def- definitely a feat, an achievement. That sounds that pirate Borg thing sounds like an interesting idea of degrading armor class and stuff, degrading armor, um, and what you propose there for an OSR style game I think could work. It I don't know how many people would choose that as an option rather than getting extra damage. I guess it depends on how uh, how long you think the fight is going to last. Uh, if it's the first hit that you do to a creature. Um, and you, you know that the extra damage isn't going to put them down, then it might be worthwhile to lower the armor class and give everyone else a, a better chance, well, and yourself, too, on subsequent rounds. Um, so yeah, that, that could be uh, an interesting option to pursue. I think it might work better in games, like you say, Pirate Borg is one where the armor uh reduces damage rather than making it harder to hit. Um I think it might work better in games like that, but yeah, who knows? It could I think it could work. Um I've actually thought about tinkering with like BX style games and stuff and having armor absorb damage and uh so you'd you wouldn't have as many like empty exchanges where you you know need a, a sixteen to hit someone and you just never roll a sixteen. Um but if you only needed a 10 or 11 to hit anything, unless it, like shields would, would make you harder to hit, dex bonuses would make you harder to hit, magic would make you harder to hit, but the armor itself would make you harder to hit, it would just absorb damage. Whether or not that would actually change anything, uh, as far as how quickly the game runs or combat flows, I have no idea. I suspect it would end up being pretty much the same thing, but it might change the feel of the pacing Hmm. if anyone's ever tried something like that I'd be interested to hear about it but that's uh, the we've come to the end of the calls and the end of the show and I'll just reiterate again if you have any ideas for topics for me to discuss during the OSR October or if you'd like to join me for a tandem podcast uh, if I can figure it out from a a (laughs) from a technology point of view um, that would be cool too. And I, I do plan on, I know the, the whole messaging thing has become uh, a bit more challenging. So I, I do plan on looking into setting up like a speak pipe, pipe account or something too for people to send messages through rather than using the web browser and anchor or sending, um, Voice messages via Discord and stuff like that. Uh, I guess if if it was SpeakPipe, it would probably be um, much more widely accessible to more of my listeners rather than just those that uh, I share Discords with or uh, use Anchor web browser or whatever. So, anyway, look for that in the future as well. So, thanks to let's see if I can remember everyone. Thanks to Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast to. Manyon, also known as Rob, from Confessions of Wee Timorous Bushy, Jason Hobbs from Random Screed and Hobbs and Friends. Joe from Sightless, Kevin from Red Caps. And Rich from Cockatrice Nuggets. Thanks, guys, for the calls. And thanks for listening. And until I talk to you again, don't go down in a heap.
0: My strength has returned. My wounds
3: have healed. Thanks to Ariel's magic.
0: Nothing to it. It's all in the wrist.
3: Time to go, Ariel.
0: Goodbye, Ariel. Thank, you. Thank you. Bye.